0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Slippy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at J underscore pregame. Joined here by the football gurus. I got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. And I also have Steve Reeder in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at AvoidTheVig. Guys, here we go. NFL Week 7. We're going to go ahead. We're going to preview Thursday Night Football. And then we went ahead. We chopped five games out of this week's slate to go ahead and discuss guys. I want to jump right into the Broncos and the Browns game. Uh, If you haven't noticed in the news, what's going on with the Browns right now, uh, it's not good. Let's talk about the line first right now. I'm seeing the Browns right around minus one and a half minus two uh, minus one minus three minus three and a half, Uh, a lot of numbers out there right now. And the total on this game, 41, 42, 43, 44. And you might ask, you know, why are these lines all crazy? Well, Baker Mayfield is out. Nick Chubb is out. Kareem Hunt is out. Jarvis Landry, highly questionable. Odell Beckham, questionable. The Browns also have three offensive linemen that right now are listed as questionable. So I think it's fair to say that the Browns on Thursday night football against the Broncos will not be uh, 100%. With that said, uh, Case Keenum, he will fill in here for Baker Mayfield. Uh, This line opened up right around six. Uh, Dropped down to around three, and now it's all the way down at some books, as I mentioned, all the way down to like Browns minus one, one and a half. So, uh, I'm my gut feeling says that there's a lot of the players that are questionable right now. Like, let's say Landry plays, let's say, uh, let's say Beckham plays, and all the offensive linemen play. Well, this line will probably go back up a little bit more, but I think the books are, you know, kind of just everybody's kind of on their own page with this one. Uncle Dave, I'm going to throw it to you first. We got the Broncos Browns Thursday night football with all the injuries going on with Cleveland. I think it's going to be hard for a lot of people to to get to that side, but I could see, you know, the Broncos kind of being the, uh, you know, the public delight here on Thursday night, which way are you looking in this one?
1: Uh, You know, it's tough because here we are doing it with, you know, beat up line. So, you know, Honestly, I don't think Case Keenum is a, is a huge downgrade over Mayfield. I mean, actually, I like Keenum. Uh, certainly, I don't think he's four or five points worse. Now I know they're missing a couple of running backs too. Um, but with that said, Sleepy, I can't take Denver at the current number when I could have had a much better number. i certainly have a hard time teasing him back to a number that I could have had free. You know, However, at seven and a half, Denver teased up, I suppose – is the bet I'd have to make if I were to tease this game, you know, obviously the total has been beaten to death as well. So, you know, that's when I can't touch at the current number. And, you know, if I was to bet the under, uh, you know, I I can't do it at that current number. It's a bit beat down too much. But one would think at some point the value would end up being on the over, but I just can't go there. I just can't get there. And, you know, ultimately it's a, it's a pass for me at current numbers. Although, you know, I, I really question uh, the the Broncos offense, so you know I I can justify almost going Browns money line at this point uh, because I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to put up a lot of points either. And you know I I'm looking at that as if it is a you know seven to three game at halftime or something, uh, or if even if one team gets up two scores, I could possibly look at the over in the second half um, out of desperation, if you will, uh, either a lot of balls in the air or a lot of balls going back the other way. But at current numbers, um, I'm not going to play sleepy. Uh, I'll 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 leave it all up to you. Again, I would I would tease the Broncos back up. I, I guess psychologically, I, I do have a little bit of a difficult time paying for something I I didn't have to.
0: I think one of the things we should probably look at in this one is is certainly some player props. Maybe even we look at Keenum. You know, they're not going to have really any running backs. I mean, you you got no Chubb, you got no Hunt. Uh, they're probably going to end up being down to what's his name, De- Dearness Johnson, who. You know, he had a monster game, you know, last year, actually had a couple pretty good games last year. But uh, you got to wonder what to do with this one. And there are reports of, you know, weather coming in that may affect this as well. So I I believe the total right now is being affected by all the players and probably, you know, the forecast. So I'm not going to mess with the total. I want nothing to do with that. As far as the size is concerned there, Uncle Dave. The only way I could look is look at going ahead and teasing up Denver, as you said, getting them up over a touchdown. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of guys doing that. That that's the only the only thing that I would do that would make sense to me. Again, I'm I'm a little hesitant with that because I've backed the Broncos. I want to say two out of the last three games, and they fell short. You know, they hurt me, so I am a little salty with them right now. I'm going to look at some Keenum props. I'm going to look at some Browns props. One of the things that you know, I love to do is, you know, DFS and I love digging into the player props and finding out, you know, when guys are out, who's going to be the next guy to go ahead and step up. And it, it's even more intriguing when you get a backup quarterback. And I, I generally, I'll go through the preseason games and say, you know what, who is Keenan's favorite target? I'll go through the play-by-play. Maybe it's a guy that's going to be out there. Maybe it's a Higgins, something like that. And if, if, if everything kind of surfaces, it says, you know what, this is probably his favorite guy. And then maybe I'll go with that and I'll make it, you know, I'll make it real easy for myself. But that's more than likely what I'm going to do for that game. I'll be digging into the props more than anything. Steve, how about you? How are you feeling about the Broncos and the Browns?
2: Most of the stuff you guys covered is what I had on my list. I mean, uh, the things to talk about, uh, even the weather. I thought you guys were going to touch on the weather, the 20 mile an hour winds that could be there again. Um, the potential for rain, the short week, all those kind of things. Uh, you know, a couple different things. You know, we didn't touch too much on Denver, but, you know, they they're three and three. Uh, and they beat the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. So that's not exactly murderer's row. So, you know, as hurt and banged up as Cleveland is, Denver's not a very good ball club right now. I mean, uh, they're, they're not as good as their records suggest they are, and their records suggest they're average, which they're not. Uh, Bridgewater is banged up, but he's going to play. Uh, Jerry Judy, who is there was some conversation about him potentially coming back, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to play either. Uh Case Keenum, and and Dave brought this up, and this is really what I I want to touch on. You know, when news broke that Mayfield was out, you know, I'm not really sure if there's anything else that broke. I mean, everything else we kind of knew. We kind of knew that Chubb was going to be out, that Hunt was going to be out, that Beckham was hurt, that Landry probably wasn't going to make it. Um, So all those kind of things, I think, were already baked into the line. So to see this line move from three and a half down to one and a half in some of the shops that you're mentioning – it's kind of surprising to me because it's not the downgrade from key from Baker Mayfield, to case Keenum. It's a downgrade from a hurt Baker Mayfield to case Keenum. So I, I, I almost feel like there's a little bit overreaction, but there's so many cluster injuries that you, you mentioned on the offensive side of the ball, that it's very difficult to do anything right now uh, with any confidence with Cleveland. Uh, I certainly considered teasing Denver up. I have not done so yet, um, but ultimately You know, doing so, it would almost be just because of the low total. I don't expect a lot of points in the game, and not because I particularly like Denver in this contest. Um, One of the things that you mentioned, Sleepy, was about the passing game. Cleveland's strength is obviously running the ball. They don't have their two running backs, and Denver's strength is stopping the run. So if Cleveland is going to matriculate the ball down the field, even with this wind, even if there is rain, Uh, I I think they're going to have to pass the ball. So maybe those Case Keenum props that you mentioned, who is a serviceable backup, he's not great. He's not going to lead your team forever and and, and bring you to a Super Bowl. He had that one good run with Minnesota. Um, But I think in in a one game span, I think he can go in there and do some damage and maybe look over on his player props.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of double tight end sets here. You know, you're going to see Najoku out there. You'll see Hooper out there. Uh, As many as many guys as they can get healthy out there on the field. And, you know, if the books are going to offer up those props, I mean, that's probably the way you know that I'm going to end up going uh, for that particular game. Let's jump over to uh, let's talk about your Giants here, Steve. Uh, That team hasn't been playing well. Uh, They're going to go up against the Panthers. The Giants are going to be, you know, a home dog in this one. Panthers are laying two and a half. There are some minus threes out there as well in favor of Carolina. We have a total of forty three. Steve, I'm gonna let you go ahead and talk about your Giants. Talk about, you know, how you're feeling right now as a fan, but you know also what you're thinking about doing in this particular game.
2: Two second-year coaches, you know, Matt Rule and Joe Judge. Uh, I actually wanted Matt Rule as the Giants coach. Being a Giants fan, when they they got Judge, I was happy in hindsight. But obviously, that hasn't. You know, bearing fruit here. Uh, again, we have another situation where there's cluster injuries. The offensive line is a disaster for the Giants. You know, Andrew Thomas is now down. He's on IR. He tried to play through the pain. He can't do it. Nick Gates is already out. Shane Lemieux. And this is a Giants offensive line that was never good. So to continuously lose poor players and now you're pl- re- replacing them with like practice level players. It, it, it's a major downgrade, which is why I, th- I think the, the stock on Daniel Jones is as low as it is not to mention their wide receiver injuries that they have. Uh, Tony is certainly out. CJ board is out. Slayton, Galladay, Ross uh, all didn't practice today. Barkley is questionable. I I don't know how they're going to move the ball down the field. If, if these players play, could you get behind the giants, you know, get being the home dog. Of course, but I don't know who's going to be there, I, and not with any confidence. Even if they play, you saw with Tony last week, we gave out the uh, over his receiving props. Um, you know, the guy got 37 yards in the first drive, got hurt immediately. He only needed eight more yards to cash the ticket, and he's out. So that is a, a frustrating dynamic, um, and I don't really trust the Giants at all, and I don't know how you could. Uh, on the other side, you know, the Panthers started off 3-0. We thought they were, you know – elite, that that Matt Rule has has done everything that he did in college and every other stop he had in the second year, that team increased dramatically the second year. You know, when they start off 3-0, we're thinking he's doing the exact same thing in the NFL, which is really impressive. But they just lost three straight. home uh, Heartbreaker against uh, the Minnesota last week. And all three of those losses that they lost, We're one score games, which I think is interesting too. you know, for teaser possibilities in in the future right now. um, Obviously you're not going to do that because it's not an advantage teaser there, but the other thing that I want, I want to touch on real quick and we, we just slammed Sam Darnold's under passing yards prop. And I I really want to get after the passing attempt prop when it comes up. Uh, Rule said Sam Darnold is not playing well enough. He called on the coaches to do a better job to help their quarterback play well. And they said they haven't been committed to running the ball enough. Those are quotes from the coach. You know, I, I talked to Chris about this previously, who who was in this profession before, and he says, take those kind of things with a grain of salt, but there seems like there's a lot of momentum and a lot of credence to running the ball more than passing the ball, especially with how poor Sam Darnold has played the last few weeks.
0: I'm not sure if it was on this podcast or if it was on the pod that I do with Dan and Smooth, but uh, I, I was, you know, on there yelling, I'm like, Sam Darnold's not good, like, and, and a lot of people made, you know, excuses up. Actually, it was with smooth. I believe, that was the podcast. Because, you know, we were talking about, you know, the fact that he was stuck on the Jets and, you know, the, the terrible quarterback coach and, 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 and Gase and all that stuff like that. Like, yeah, it hurt him. Maybe it hurt him. Maybe it ruined him. You never know. But I, I don't like what I've seen, you know, from this team so far. I can only look at Carolina, though. I don't know how I could look at the Giants. I will look at the Giants, and I might actually – look for some Daniel Jones uh, rushing props over maybe even like an Evan Ingram to score a touchdown, something like that. But, uh, but we know that Carolina has a half decent defense, especially a rush defense. So maybe it puts Daniel Jones in a position to where, all right, you know, the run's not working. We're going to have to try to throw to, you know, whoever is out there. And I'm guessing that some of these guys aren't going to be running the right routes, this, that, and the other. And they, maybe they will be, you know, bottled up a little bit. And maybe we see Daniel Jones run a little bit. So, I'll be looking at that and I'll be looking at some Carolina players as well. Uh, not sure if I'll jump in too heavy on those, but uh, it would either be Carolina for me or nothing at minus two and a half. That's the only thing I could do for that particular game. How about you, Uncle Dave? How are you seeing that Panthers-Giants game playing out?
1: Well, you and I talked earlier in the week and I haven't changed my opinion. I like this under quite a bit. You know, We could spend 20 minutes trying to figure out who might or might not be targets for Jones to throw to, but – you know, I really don't think it matters because the Panthers' defense is third in yards per pass, second in pass yards allowed, fifth in sacks. Uh, And in the only two Panthers games that went over, they played Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. And when the Panthers had the ball, I love Chuba Hubbard, but he's not McCaffrey. Um, Not only running the ball, but blocking, picking up the blitz, and as a target. Um, Out of the backfield, he's caught 12 passes in six games with his longest reception, 11 big yards. And, you know, after D.J. Moore the Panthers' leading receiver is McCaffrey, and he's missed three games. So, you know, their offense is 26th and 3rd down conversions. The Giants are, I think, 24th. They're not much better. And, and the Giants' offense, and, and, and as Steve probably knows without looking, they're last in red zone scoring. So, you know, we've got two quarterbacks that are 26th and 27th in QBR uh, who have both thrown as many picks as they have touchdowns. And, in fact, they've thrown for 10 touchdowns combined, uh, and there's 15 quarterbacks that have thrown more than that individually. So – yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence has more touchdowns than Donald or Jones. So I think I like the under because I think a lot has to go wrong for me to lose that one. So that's that's where I'm looking with that
0: one. All right, solid information on that game. Uncle Dave going to go with the under. Uh, let's jump over to Cincinnati and Baltimore. This is an interesting game. You know, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I really thought Baltimore was going to lay down last week, kind of take a, uh, you know, a, a big exhale after a lot of the games that they played. A couple overtime games, just some tough games for that team, but they're gonna be favored here at home, minus six, minus six and a half uh, total right now, of forty-seven. They're gonna take on the Bengals, who uh, right now are four and two, playing you know pretty good football. And look, I, I I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or or you know maybe I tweeted it out or whatever, but you now I haven't been the biggest Lamar Jackson fan you no know, over the last two years, and a lot of it has to do with you know the fact that he wasn't able to go ahead and throw the ball to an elite level. Uh, like an elite quarterback, but no, I'm coming around on Jackson. I mean, I saw Randall play, I saw Vic play, and there's one thing that I know about quarterbacks that can run. If they're quicker than your defense, um, they're a nightmare to stop. Even when Colin Kaepernick was in the league, um, that dude could run too and he gave defenses fits. So the fact that Jackson's able to throw right now, uh, he's just so damn hard to stop. Do I want to fade Baltimore in this game? I do because I feel like that, if they didn't take that big breath last week, that they're going to do it this week. And look, the Bengals right now, you know, they're going out for respect. Um, yeah. They're four and two. a lot of people not giving them really any chance, but I still think that that offense is pretty damn good. I actually would say, you know, if you take Lamar Jackson out of that Baltimore Ravens offense, that, that the Bengals are far superior. Uh, one of the reasons, because they have a good running game, but you no, know, they have better pass catchers. I mean, they even have a decent tight end. So, I would take the Bengals here, and a lot of it's just based on what I thought was going to happen last week. I was 100% wrong. Baltimore Ravens absolutely blew out the Chargers. I didn't even stand a chance. I looked like an idiot. But I'm going to go this week. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'll take the points. I think Baltimore takes a deep breath, and I think Jackson and and the rest of the crew, uh, they, they, they come back down to earth a little bit. I think that's fair. And if Baltimore beats me again, you know what? So be it. Uh, I just feel like I'm going to catch them at one at one point in time and uh, hopefully, you know, that they don't cost me too much money consistently betting against them. Now, I've made money uh, betting against them this year. I mean, I had the Raiders in, in opening week and I think I had another game that they uh, that they ended up not covering. But uh, that's what I'll do. I'll take the Bengals. That's what I'm going to do. How about you, Steve? What are you seeing on that one?
2: Well, we got five straight wins for Baltimore. They are riding high. And there was a lot of conversation going into last week about how, you know, is Lamar Jackson's arm, you know, sustainable? Can he continue to pass the ball like he has been? Because he's proven he can run the ball, but can he pass it with that efficiency, Uh, which is really remarkable. One of the best in the NFL as far as the year has gone. But the one thing that they haven't talked about, I didn't hear anybody talking about, was Baltimore's defense. Baltimore's defense fell off a cliff this year. I mean, really to the point where they were relying on Lamar Jackson and kind of it came back to what we expect from Baltimore's defense this past week. So I'm very curious to see moving forward is, is Baltimore's defense for real. Uh, is Lamar Jackson's arm for real, because we're seeing it in small doses. But now over the course of a season, when, you know, there's more tape and, and you're adjusting to those type of things, it's going to be interesting to see how the defenses handle him and certainly how those de- hit their defense handles the opposing players. Um, for this one, this is like a little bro- brother, big brother rivalry. I mean, Baltimore has dominated them. They're, they're very close in proximity. Uh, and the Bengals have been awful. Uh, you know, they finally gained some ground. Uh, And and they they have those losses by three points each. Uh, They're nearly an average team in my power ratings, which is for the last, I guess, my lifetime, is a huge improvement for them from wherever they've been. Um, And Cincinnati also matches up nicely defensively. They're actually number two in uh, opponent YPP, and they're sixth best against the run, which if they can shut down Baltimore's run, and, and certainly Lamar Jackson running the ball, force him to throw the ball to see how they can handle that. And they're not terrible in the back end of their defense either. Um, I really think the game is going to come down to Baltimore's passing versus Cincinnati's uh, pass defense. Uh, Cincinnati is only giving up 6.1 yards pass per game, uh, yards per pass rather. It's fourth in the NFL. Um, both QBs like to push the ball down the field. They rank fourth and fifth in the NFL, which obviously is, is analytically based. That's something that you're looking for. My power rating say Baltimore. The matchup to me says Cincinnati which means I pass, and I'll root for whatever Sleepy bets here. If he's, if he's betting Cincinnati, that's what I'll be rooting for.
0: How about you, Uncle Dave? How are you feeling about that Bengals and Ravens game?
2: Yeah, I think I'm probably going to line up with you there, Sleepy.
1: I mean, the favorites mostly won and covered last week, which isn't always good for me. And I think the obvious thing to assume here is that the, the Ravens are back, if you will, based on their dismantling of the Chargers. But, you know, that was a bad matchup for the Chargers' awful rush defense. You know, people forget the week prior, the Ravens were taken to OT by the Colts. So I, for one, am not ready to anoint the Ravens as AFC champions. You know, also division games with familiar foes are – they're really just different. You know, there's that familiarity. And, you know, I know the Bengals haven't played a great deal of good teams, but by the same token, both their losses were by just three points. So, you know, have a difficult time laying that many points with the Ravens. And, you know, Steve mentioned some of these things. The, the, the Bengals' defense is second in yards per play and fourth in yards per pass, seventh in yards per rush. Barrow's completing over 70% of his passes and, and fifth in yards per pass. And we've seen quarterbacks have success throwing against the Ravens, um, you know, just two weeks ago when Wentz picked him apart. Uh, so what I don't see here is a Baltimore blowout. So I'm with you on the Bengals, sleepy.
0: All right, well, that makes you feel pretty good there, Uncle Dave. Let's jump over to uh, Kansas City and Tennessee uh, Chiefs right now. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be minus 5.5 total, high total in this one, guys, 56 and a half. There are some 57s out there as well. Uh, I'm going to make my case. I like the Titans here. I like them going ahead, catching these points here at your home. I think they're alive to win. I thought that against Buffalo the other night, had Tennessee in that game. Look, I know Tennessee didn't start the season out exactly, you know, on fire, but I believe that there were a lot of whispers about, oh, Tennessee, once they got Julio Jones, that this that could potentially be a Super Bowl team. And I thought about that going into that game last week against Buffalo. And I'm like, they have Julio. They have A.J. Brown. They have the best running back, not only in the league, but, I mean, he's probably top five all time in Derrick Henry. Kansas City can't stop anybody, and they certainly can't stop the rush. So it comes down to Patrick Mahomes, who hasn't looked good this year. Uh, What's what's he have, 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Uh, I went back and I looked through the stats. I think he threw 7 interceptions all last year, and that's including the playoffs. And I think he threw 6 the year before. And that was including the playoffs. It was like 17, 18 games. Well, he's already surpassed that in just six games this year. And teams are putting a lot of pressure on him. And look, I think Tennessee coming out of that Buffalo game, they have to be confident in their defense. Their defense played well. That's one of the reasons why they won that game. It wasn't just Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill, you know, in the wide receiver core. That defense stepped up when it needed to and made some plays. And I think they could do that against Kansas City here. But I believe Tennessee also has to take a look at the big picture. And they say, look, you know, if we can win, you know, beat the Buffalo and we can turn around and we can beat the Chiefs, not only do we help our record out, but boy, that gives us a lot of motivation that we belong in this conversation that a lot of people were having in the beginning of the year. So I think the wrong team is is favored in this game. I think this game should probably be around Pick'em, Tennessee minus one. I'm taking the points all day long. The Chiefs do not cover spreads. I mean, yeah, they covered last week, but, I mean, go through and look at their last, you know, 20, 25 games. Um, they're just being overvalued in every single spot because, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Tyreek Hill and it's Travis Kelsey and this, that, and the other. And, and look, they, they, they were awesome in 2019, 2020. But this Chiefs team has a different feel. Patrick Mahomes looks different. He doesn't look average. He looks above average, but he doesn't look like the best quarterback in the league right now. I like Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry runs all over this team. Steve, you had mentioned a a player prop right now on Derrick Henry. His rushing yards are 127.5 yards. Um, That's absolutely insane. So I think they get a large dose of Derrick Henry, and they're not going to be able to stop him. We're probably going to see a bunch of highlights. I like Tennessee in this one all day. Uh, I'll give that out as my best bet on this podcast. Tennessee Titans plus the 5.5, my best bet. Uncle Dave, I'll throw it over to you. How are you feeling about the Chiefs and the Titans?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go the other way, Sleepy. I mean, the perception now is that the Chiefs are back, just like we, we were talking in the previous game, well they blow out Washington in the second half. And, you know, the Titans are back, having beaten the Bills. And I, I suppose both are true to some extent. But, you know, is this line an overreaction to have Kansas City as road favorites at about the same price Buffalo was on Monday night? Uh, yeah, I, I sure think it is, you know. Yeah, the Chiefs got on track in the second half, but against Washington. And at three and three, Their wins are over Cleveland, who we now know is probably overrated, um, injuries notwithstanding. Philadelphia and Washington, you know, they still lost to the three good teams they played, two at home. Uh, So now we're asking them to win another road game against what's maybe not an elite team, but one with Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. You know, Kansas City beat the Bills. I mean, excuse me, Tennessee beat the Bills. and That's something Kansas City couldn't do. Uh, And with that said, uh, the Chiefs are – are much better on third downs, number one in the NFL, in fact. Uh, but the, and the Titans' defense isn't great, so I do think Kansas City scores, but I don't think their defense can stop Tennessee from scoring. You know, we, we may well see that square over hit, and at fifty-six, I probably could have gone there, but you know, I don't think the Titans want to shoot out, uh, not with Derrick Henry. I don't think they they're going to have one. I, I don't think Kansas City can get margin with that defense. And you know, I'm looking at the lines as we're talking and. You know, it opened four and a half. It's gone to five and a half. Uh, it hasn't gone to six, which is a, a a sort of a key number. And and that's with, you know, upwards of 90% of most of the books I've seen, tickets on Kansas City. Uh, so, you know, if it does go to six, I think it'll come back real quick. So, you know, I'll go Titans here even on short wrestling, but I'm with you.
0: I just don't like Kansas City being on, you know, back-to-back roadies here. And the fact that I have to go – all right, here's where I have to start – If Kansas City and Buffalo Bills played on a neutral, what's that line? Uh, I'm guessing it's probably somewhere around Pickham. Buffalo went into Kansas City and absolutely dominated that team. They blew them out of the water. And Uncle Dave, you just talked about, you know, how Buffalo was laying six to this team and now Kansas City's laying six to this team. How does that make any freaking sense? It doesn't make any sense. So, again, Kansas City's being overvalued and short rest. I think that might actually be a good thing here for Tennessee. Get them right back on the field while they're playing good football. Last thing you want to have is, is is a break when, you know, you're playing your best football. And I'm not saying Tennessee's playing their best football right now, but that was their best win, you know, of the season. I think they can build off that. And I think mentally the fact that, you know, Julio's there, A.J. Brown's there, Tannehill, Henry, that has to help them coming into this game. And I wouldn't be shocked. If this is the most motivated that we see Tennessee all year, if they win this game, I believe that gives them a lot of confidence going into uh, you know the, the back end of the, the, the back end of their schedule. So uh, again, I'm all over Tennessee uh, for sure. I'm all over it. How about you, Steve? How are you seeing that game?
2: There's a question of which KC team will show up. And you know, Dave was talking about earlier was that you know Casey had a really good half last week, and that's the last thing people remember. And maybe that's why the line has moved to the extent that it has right now. Uh, part of this is, you know, KC has struggled so much because they have the most turnovers in the NFL, um, second most in turnover differential. So they, they're really playing behind the eight ball. And that is one of the most key factors in determining which team is going to lose if they lose the turnover battle. And that's exactly what KC has done. It's very difficult for them to overcome that because of those turnovers. You know, in the beginning of the year, there was a lot of conversation about Casey's offensive line and how it was going to take time to gel together. And I'm curious, as time is progressing here, if they are are getting more continuity within one another. I don't know that for sure. I have no data to back it up. Um, it's just something that I'm considering. And as time progresses, will they get better? Um, Tennessee is not a team that can take advantage of that offensive line, though. They're 25th in pass rush. Uh you know, so there is a pathway, certainly, that we can easily see. Mahomes throws for 400 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers, and Casey blows them out. Uh, but on the flip side of it, with Tennessee, you know, we kind of saw what they're capable of against a an elite team. Last week with Buffalo, you know, in hindsight, they just were not going to pass the ball. They're going to run it down your throat, and then they'll play action off of it. And that's exactly what happened, and that's why they won. With this, I don't even know if they need to do much play action at all. With KC being ranked 32nd in run defense, they're just going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry all day. And I'm not sure if KC can stop it. You know, when we talked about the player prop earlier, you had mentioned sleep, but you still lean over, which is a crazy thought of something that high, that high of a total to be able to still lean over. And I don't even disagree with you. Um, To beat KC, you need to stop Mahomes. They can't rush the passer. They're allowing 7.7 yards per pass, which is 27th in the NFL. And that thrilling victory last week, this is the reason why I haven't struck yet. Well, there's two reasons why I haven't played Tennessee yet. I don't know how they're going to rebound off of that. You know, they're not a team that has had uber success recently. You know, they've been a good team, but not a great team. And they just beat a great team in Buffalo. How are they going to rebound and play KC and Patrick Mahomes? Are they still going to get up for that? Uh, You know, did did they give everything they had and this is going to be a down spot for them? I'm not sure about that. You know, this number is just way too high, which is what you folks were talking about. I mean, I, I make Buffalo, I think it's a, a point and a half. I'm going to check real quick here. They are a they're a half a point better on a neutral. So I guess that's kind of what we're looking at. And clearly, Tennessee overcame that six-point uh, spread and, and won the game outright. Um, it's tough to buck Mahomes, but at plus six, I'm going to do it. And the reason why I'm not betting it now is because I'm not concerned about losing the, the five and a half going down to five or four and a half. There's, it's irrelevant to me. The six is significantly more valuable, which is why I'll sit on this one. Um, and, and if I lose out and I end up taking a four and a half at at post, I'm okay with that.
0: You know, I don't know if you guys actually watched that game last week, but I think you guys probably saw Vrabel on the sideline uh, with his head down. He looked absolutely disgusted because, uh, believe it or not, Tennessee didn't play very well in the first quarter. But they, they did everything they needed to do on the defensive side of the ball to go ahead and keep them in that game. But, I mean, they played sloppy for a little while of that game to the point that it was actually getting me a little bit nervous and aggravated. But they got they got it going. They they got things together. And I think that more than likely, uh, you know, it's going to be like, like, look, guys, we can't make these mistakes two weeks in a row. And if they can clean up that type of stuff, like, you know, the offensive false start, uh, just the dumb penalties that they made, I believe there was a personal foul. There was just some stupid stuff that they did in that game um, that really hurt them because I felt like they could have had a little bit more margin in that game. And could they have lost that one? Yeah, I mean, Buffalo played well. Uh, Josh Allen played well. They had a chance to go ahead and win it there at the end, uh, but they didn't. So, um, again, I think there's a lot of things that Tennessee can clean up, but I actually liked a little bit of what I saw when it came to the pass rush there, Steve, you know, from that team in that particular game against Buffalo, and that's been – Mahomes kryptonite, and you talked about, you know, that team turning the ball over the Chiefs, you know, league worst, and believe it, it's, it's because of Mahomes, which is crazy to say, but that's the truth. I, I told you how many times he's turned the ball over. Eight times he's thrown interceptions, and uh, these aren't interceptions that uh, he needs to be throwing. I think he he's doing something different with his game. Maybe he's taking too many chances. Maybe it's too many tight windows, uh, but there's definitely something there, and I I, I can't put my finger on it. But my gut feeling says it's the pass rush, it's the blitz, uh, that, that teams have had enough tape on them and say, look, um, this is what has worked. And I believe a lot of that might actually go all the way back to you know when the Patriots you know, went ahead and they, they, they shut that team down uh, as much as they possibly could with Belichick. So uh, I'm happy with that. I think we had a pretty good breakdown. Let's talk about the Eagles and the Raiders. Uh, Raiders last week, surprising win. Uh, they're going to be minus three. Uh total right now in this game, 49. Uncle Dave, I'll let you rip and run on this one first. Eagles, Raiders, what do you got?
1: Yeah, my first thought here, on, when I look at that line, you know, is this recency bias once again? I mean, no Gruden, no problem for Vegas. Or was that a case of pent-up frustration all coming out at once against the Broncos? Uh, I think to some extent, yes, actually. Uh, the Eagles, they do have some extra rest. They did play Tampa Bay tough. So, you know, I'm not going to discount Philadelphia automatically um, you know, the line last night was still sitting at three, not three and a half. And that's in spite of the tickets and the money they were on the Raiders, as you'd expect. And, you know, the line says these teams are even, give or take, on a neutral field. I find that interesting. Um, there's a part of me that wants the Eagles here. I mean, I go back to last week's Denver game, and I just wonder if the Raiders can sustain that energy uh, this week. To be fair, you know, after the opening night, Ravens win, they, they don't have another impressive win or or win over anyone, really, with any semblance of an offense, you know do the eagles have an offense well it's been better lately with and hurts and smith getting some reps but they've played four or six games against some very good defenses so i do think they're going to be able to score and they have a little bit of extra rest after that bucks game that doesn't hurt um you know statistically i was looking for an edge and these teams are 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 not all that dissimilar so you know statistically i guess this line probably is correct Uh, so i digress what radar intensity do we see you know my my answer is that I do not know, but at home now, with the fans all excited after last week, I think the Raiders come out with it, so I could conceivably take the Raiders' first half, uh, but I also think Eagles plus three or more for the game is going to be a sneaky bet.
0: All right, good stuff there, Uncle Dave. Um, I'm more than likely going to consider going ahead and playing uh, the Raiders at minus three, but I think maybe a money line bet with them, maybe even in a parlay, is, isn't a bad option as well. Just gets up to three and a half all pass. I think, the, I think the Eagles are alive. I think somebody like Devonta Smith probably has maybe a, a potential breakout game here. I would look at him in in DFS for sure, maybe even some of the player props. But the Raiders, are, they're such a squirrely team. You know, going in the last week, going against Denver, it was like I think everybody kind of had them, you know, dead. The fact that they lost two in a row and it was like, oh, you know, is this team of Fugazi. But I don't think anybody saw them going into Denver and putting up 34 points, not against that defense. And I know that defense, you know, has 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 its uh, issues, but uh, still, you're going on the road in Mile High against Denver, coming off of, you know, where your coach got fired or, or let go or whatever the case might be. It just didn't smell like a good situation for the Raiders, and I think that they might even have had, you know, maybe the shocker result of last weekend. So I don't want to throw that team in the garbage. And they do have the Giants next week, and and look if they can knock a win out here and knock a win out next week, uh, that team's sitting six and two, sitting in a pretty damn good spot, uh, you know, for you know a season that a lot of us probably didn't think you know might happen. And I believe that that crowd will be rocking. So uh, I got a little bit more work to do on this one. Again, Raiders minus three, I'd probably lean that way. Uh, play the Raiders on the money line. I would probably do that. Uh, I will look at some Devonta Smith player props as well. I think that that's uh, certainly worth a look, but that's what I'll do. How about you, Steve? How are you looking at that one?
2: I had this game circled uh, before the lines were even posted. I wanted to fade Las Vegas after last week for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. You know, going into the game in Denver, you didn't know how they're going to react. It was either going to be a all-in performance, and you know, the whole team is rising above the controversy, or they're going to be completely flat and get annihilated. And obviously, we saw which one happened. Um, you know, but Denver's not the same team. A road game in Denver is not the same in October as it is in September. Uh, Bridgewater's coming back from an injury. The, the receivers are, are hurt for them. So there's a lot of negative with Denver. It's not like the the, the performance against that Denver team is what made it so fantastic. Um, with that being said, I didn't have a, a Raiders ticket. So I can't say that I saw this coming or anything like that. So they did exceed my expectations. Um, but now they're coming home. I, I think there's something to be said for leaving Las Vegas, when all this stuff is going on, getting away from it, bonding as a team, winning that game. But now they're coming back to the place where there's a problem, you know, where, where Gruden was, where that coach was somebody that they, that led them. And, you know, they're reminded of everything. There's more reporters that are there. There's the fans that are asking that the family that's asking them about these kind of things. Um, And I think it's more of a distraction at home this week than it might have have even been last week. Um, You know, when it opened up at three, I was disappointed to be honest, because, you know, I, I couldn't take it. I can't take it at three. Uh, it, it popped up at three and a half earlier today. I grabbed it with three, with the hook. Um, but laying, uh, you know, getting just three points seems shallow to me. Um, I need three and a half. I expected it to go to four, four and a half. And it just really hasn't come off the number, which is why I jumped at that three and a half when I had the opportunity. Um, you know, John Gruden, I, you know, his impact of him not being there. I wasn't a big fan of his, but I was wrong. I mean, he obviously did a pretty good job with that team. Um, he seemed to mesh well with Carr. Uh, he played above my expectations. Um, but but this last week w- was survival. And, and now reality sets in. I'm going to fade the Raiders here, and I feel pretty good about the Eagles getting anything above a field goal.
0: All right, well, there, Steve. He's going to go ahead and look at Philadelphia in that one. All right, let's jump over to Atlanta and Miami. This is an interesting game, I think, for a couple different reasons. Uh, right now, the Falcons are minus 2.5 here on the road. Total of 47. We know Miami, they're coming off of a London game, and now there's rumors circling around about uh, Deshaun Watson potentially being involved in a trade uh, that could go down this week. If that trade does not go down this week, I am taking Tua over his passing, over his attempts, over his completions, over his touchdowns. Here's the reason why is that if they haven't closed the deal yet with Deshaun Watson, I believe Tua is out of there for sure. And if you can get something for him, go out and showcase him against a defense like Atlanta. Is it a gamble if they don't get the deal done and they're like, you know what, let's wait until after Sunday, and maybe we could be like, all right, Tua just put two consecutive decent games together. I think he threw for like 300 yards in the last game. Uh, Could he do it again in this one? I believe so. If they give him enough, You know, enough reps in this one. And I think that's what they're going to do. So I'm not betting this game. I don't like the Falcons. I don't like Miami in this one. Uh, Miami coming off of a loss, coming back home, uh, usually is is a tough situation uh, for most teams to probably go up against. And I do think that Miami defense, you know, is is halfway real. But I'm looking at nothing but Tua for this game. If a deal don't get done, I'm just unloading on all his overs because uh, there's no way that they're going to go out there and just have him hand the ball off and go – you know, nine for 16 for 127 with one touchdown, one reception. I'm not going to do that. So it's too over for me all day long if the deal doesn't get done. And if it does, I'm guessing he won't be there on Sunday. So that's what I'm going to do. How about you, Uncle Dave? How are you looking at that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to admit when I saw the schedule here, I was surprised to see Miami didn't have a bye after playing in London. And almost laughably, the Falcons did have a bye last week after playing a closer than expected game against the Jets at home. So. You know, aside from the Dolphins losing to Jacksonville, that's a large part of this line here. So once again, I would look not to follow the obvious down the rabbit hole. Um, But the Dolphins' defense has been less than expected. You know, they had quarterbacks in and out, but that defense is is way underachieved this season to the point of the pendulum swinging from preseason expectations to sucking almost as bad or worse than Washington. You know, having said that, I think Ryan and Pitts may well have big days. So there's, there's props I might look at. And I lean towards Atlanta, but... I think I like this under a lot better um, probably one reason I can't quite get to Atlanta is you know they're a dome team that South Florida heat this time of year is no joke so I think if I took the Falcons it would be for the first half um, but as I said the under seems to have a lot more viability to me uh, and certainly a lot more traction in the market so Atlanta first half and leading under
0: all right so all stuff there Uncle Dave how about you Steve we're gonna close the podcast up with your opinion on this one Falcons Dolphins what do you got
2: well, you know, I, I make the game a pick so we have value in the number alone. Uh, we teased it earlier in the week, which, you know, even if it gets to three, I, I I like it through seven here, just because I, I think the game is going to be a lower-scoring game than the number suggests, like David mentioned. And, you know, when we have two teams that aren't very good, and I don't think Atlanta or Miami are very good teams, you know, I always find myself wanting just to take the points, you know, especially when the team is at home. I mean uh, – I wouldn't be shocked if it goes to three, especially, especially with the Watson rumors. Um, but stock is down on Miami because they lost to the Jags and they should have won. Uh, they were in an unusual location across the sea, came back over. There's that travel aspect. That's negative for them. That's probably part of the reason why we've seen this line has shifted. Um, I'm concerned about Brian Flores. There was a lot of talk about him being, you know, the coach last year that finally broke through on bill Belichick's tree. And, you know, we're not seeing that carry over into the season. Um, I'm concerned about the Watson rumors. I, the one thing that I, it's boggling my mind, first off, this was not leaked by Miami. There's no doubt about that because they have nothing to gain from it. I still don't understand why a team, you know, particularly a team that is terrible right now. I mean, their record, they have no chance of making the playoffs. Why would they trade for Watson? So I, I don't know if I buy the rumors at all, but it is a distraction. So there are concerns on that front. But Elena's is about to lay a field goal on the road to a team not named the Texans or the Jags. That is just something that I don't want to be in the business of laying a field goal backing Atlanta. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Um, yeah, I know they're coming off a buy and, and obviously it's not the best of spots for Miami, but they're just cause they lost to the Jags last week. Doesn't mean it was a horrific performance. They actually played well enough to win. Probably should have win won the game um, to had been hurt. He's getting another week of reps. So I think he's going to be better than he showed even last week. Um, I'm not ready to admit that they have given up their coach. I don't think they're going after Watson. I'm not a believer in any of that stuff. Um, and I don't even understand why a team would trade for him right now with all the legal stuff going on. It's not like you feel comfortable playing this individual and not to mention the public backlash that you would have to, to get from the fans and the media and the, the picks you'd have to get up to get him. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this is just completely from the Texan side of things. Um, I do think it may be a distraction, but ultimately on Sunday, you know, no one's thinking about uh, Deshaun Watson. They're going to be thinking about the Atlanta Falcons. I I took uh, Miami in a teaser and I feel fine about it.
0: You know what I think is interesting about the Watson thing was that he came out, you know, before all these charges and stuff came down. You know, he was saying, like, I don't want to play here anymore. Does not matter. And then all the charges came down. So I believe that the fact, like, there's no way he's ever playing another game, you know, for the Texans. I, I don't believe that that's going to happen unless, you know, his career is on absolute life support. And uh, you know, there, I guess, there's a chance of that happening too. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of a believer a little bit um, that Miami might actually be looking to go ahead and do this. Um, to be honest with you, I think that they, that they, they know that there's value in Tua. They might not have to pay a ton for Watts. I mean, Watson's stock can't be any lower. And if Tua could have another good game, uh, I think everybody would agree like his stock is going to be maybe as high as it's ever been. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure that this deal doesn't get done. It's surprising that that story leaked, but, you know, why leak that story now, you know, for what reason? Um, my gut feeling says that there is some truth behind that and that that's something that actually does get done. Um, and hopefully it does and hopefully we go ahead and, you know, if Tua, you know, isn't long for, for Miami, you know, put him in a different situation where, you know, maybe he could actually, you know, that team can't get any worse, um, I don't believe, at Houston. I mean, send him somewhere where, you know, he could be a, a guy that's not going to get killed for, you know, every incomplete pass that he throws because a lot of people had high hopes about Miami this year. And quite frankly, that team stinks. Uh, but that's it, guys. That'll wrap up the podcast. Now, we covered the Thursday night football game five games for you. Hopefully you guys got a lot of information and some decent bets. We put them props in there. Uncle Dave, no derivatives this week. Why not?
1: Um, you know, I forgot. Now I will do my best to give out derivatives and ask, I will do my best to give out derivatives next week. I had a couple of halftime plays, but you know, I was really thinking about that uh, Watson trade as you were talking it through. You know, we say, Well, if 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 if, you know, what are the Dolphins gonna have to give up? I mean obviously a lot less than they Houston probably originally wanted, but you know here we're talking about the Dolphins with Watson. you know are they going to just give up draft picks or are they going to give up a couple of players? you know they're, he's not going to come super cheap or or Houston would have got rid of him a long time ago. So I think that's the interesting thing to me is is if it, if it does happen and you know with all the traction that has uh, uh, on most of the, the outlets anymore, uh, I think it probably will and I'll be really curious to see what the Dolphins do end up having a forfeit for that, to be honest with you. So, you know, I'm just thinking if they, you know, if they trade a couple of starters for Watson, you know, before Sunday's game, well, I may change my opinion on that game. If they just trade draft picks, well, you know, we'll roll with it.
0: If I'm Houston, I get rid of him and and just get what I could get because there's a potential that, you know, you could get nothing. Um, He could end up in prison. Um, in a similar situation to, you know, where Michael Vick found himself. So, um, t- you know, if, I, if I'm Houston, I'm, I'm getting rid of him for, for two, a uh, first-round pick and a wide receiver. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, they were asking for first, you know, five first-round picks and all this crazy stuff. Um, his value is, uh, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson's value right now uh, is about as good as his value as Ben Simmons has, which is uh, not a whole hell of a lot. But, again, that'll wrap up the pod, guys. But we'll talk NBA some other time. Uh, But that'll wrap it up I'm Sleepy J. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. And that is Steve Reader. You guys can find him at Avoid the Vig. Make sure you guys check us out at BettingPredators.com and always at Pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number seven. Enjoy the games.